We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. And we're back. We are back? We're back already. Sweet. We got a lot to do today. We got to go to the gym soon. So here we are. Today we're talking about what do you wish you knew that you didn't know before you had a baby. Yes. The no one ever told me. No one ever told me. So we pulled our audience on Instagram and asked people, what did no one tell you? Okay. So no one ever told me how traumatizing the first poop can be after delivery. Oh man. I'm sorry. We talk about that at our prenatal class. Yeah, we do. It's a whole section in itself. Yeah. Um, we did have a client recently just have a very drastically different second birth than first birth. Mm-hmm. And she was quite excited about how well her first poop went. Yeah. So that was nice. But yeah, that first poop. It's not even that physiologically it's that bad. It's that mentally you're like, I don't ever want to push anything out ever again. Yeah. Um, but two tips. One Hold your vagina in mm-hmm. with your hand. Counter pressures. Yeah. Yeah. While you poo. Wrap your hand in toilet paper if you don't want blood in your hand. And uh, take a stool softener and drink lots of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. And, you know, poop in the poop window. That's what you always say. Yeah, poop in the poop so, window. Always. Only I, poop. Never force a poop. Totally. Yeah. I, I feel bad for people who are, like, day three and haven't had a poop and they're a little bit poop stunned. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, shoot. And especially if you're, like living on this 24-hour clock and you're afraid to have coffee or maybe you gave up coffee in pregnancy because it was disgusting and then you don't have a caffeine poop and your digestion now is like, I don't know. It should be speeding up a bit because in pregnancy you tend to be a bit more constipated so that your body can absorb more nutrients. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it can be be a whole thing. So sorry about that trauma. Um, I thought this one said the postpartum shit, but it actually says... How shit postpartum is. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's so broad. I don't yeah. really know. Are they talking about, like, the year? They're talking about... <laughs> the 10 years. The to- yeah. I mean, you're always postpartum. Yes. Why do I have so many accents today? You do have a lot of accents lately. Sorry about that. Belly bouton. Le belly bouton. Well, yeah. The check out today's real. Or it'll be two weeks ago's real. The, the belly bouton. Postpartum can be shit. It sure can. It can also be nice. Yeah. If you set yourself up. With some support. Yeah. It's possible. It's just such a pivot, right? Yeah. Like, there's just nothing. Your brain changes. You're literally not the same human before birth and after birth. Your body is, like, unrecognizable. You're exhausted. You're looking after a baby human 24-7. You pretty much feel like a failure 90% of the time. You don't know what you're doing. You're Googling everything. Your Mm -hmm. relationship is, uh, is different. And I feel like a lot of people... Uh, expect it to stay the same and and it doesn't. No. You have someone relying on you constantly every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. 
And I think if you, so we talked a bit about um, infertility this week and I got um, corrected. I, I thought it was one in 10 people had trouble conceiving, but it's actually one in six in Canada. And so I wonder if you've tried for so long and you haven't been able to have a baby and then now you do have a baby and you're in the postpartum and you're thinking, I, sh- I wanted this so badly and it also is hard and it sucks and it's difficult and I am not loving every moment if there's more kind of shame and guilt there. Yeah, I think it can get to be a scary, dangerous situation because they won't want to admit that they're having a hard time when they begged and wanted to be pregnant so badly. I had a client who I supported her eighth pregnancy first birth. So she had had seven losses. And at the time I was a baby doula and I thought that was rare. That's actually not like we know a handful of people that have had that many losses. Yeah. And when she had her baby, when I went to do the postpartum visit, she was just like, I'm just waiting for him to break. Like, why is this going to go well now? Right. And he was, he was a wonderful sleeping baby. He was very easy. And she just kept waiting for the bottom to fall out. Um, That's another thing I was thinking about um, when people have a quote unquote easy baby and they're still struggling because they're comparing themselves to other people Mm -hmm. um, or comparing themselves to other people who also have other children who also have a toddler. Yeah. Like, how can I complain? But... The comparing doesn't We could do a whole episode about comparing on social media. Well, comparing on social media, comparing in real life. Like, man, it doesn't do you any favors to diminish your experience um, because someone else has it worse. You would never say, well, you're happier than me, so I can't possibly be happy or in reverse. Yeah, it makes no sense. I think the problem that we have is that we have not figured out a way to actually prepare people for what postpartum can actually be like. Because... What we just talked about for the last three minutes can sound super negative and discouraging. And then this is why everybody says, well, nobody told me. You may not have been listening, for one, because you listen with different ears after you have a baby. When you're in the experience, you're like, oh, wow, like this is a lot heavier than I thought it was going to be. Nobody told me it was going to be this bad. It's probably because people don't want to scare anybody. Well, it's tough, right? Because we also talk to our pregnant clients about... About guarding themselves, about boundary, Mm -hmm. not listening to terrible stories. So, no, we're not interested in people fear-mongering people about postpartum. But we're also not living in communities where we we are in people's homes and seeing how they're actually coping. And we do a terrible job of showing up at, at, at postpartum women's houses, expecting them to get us tea while we hold the baby and they sit there and bleed and leak yeah. and say they're fine. And you know what? When you leave their house, they cry. Yeah. And you don't fine. see that part. No. And then they'll they, be telling themselves, I'm supposed to be grateful. Right. That person then, brought me a box of muffins. By next week or next year, they've kind of forgotten, maybe. And then that's not the story they tell. I don't yeah. know. It is messed up. It's hard to prepare people for. That's why we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, Okay. No one told me that intrusive thoughts can be normal and it doesn't make you a bad mom. Hmm. We've covered this one a little bit before and got a lot of great response that we said things like, I wanted to put the baby in the microwave. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to give the baby away. I wanted to throw the baby out the window. Yeah. Is that what they mean by an intrusive thought? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, a thought that doesn't feel loving, caring, and nurturing, and motherly. Yeah. Because we are not allowed to have feelings of rage and anger and frustration because that's not how a gentle, caring mother mm-hmm. operates. But then when you suffocate and bury those feelings, like, they're not gone. No, they're not. And really, like, when you've been rocking and feeding and changing the baby for three hours and they're still crying, like, who actually does have patience for that? Yeah, I want... I mean, best case scenario, you have a partner who can take that baby into the car and go for a drive because you need a break. I don't know how single parents no. do that. Like, I, I don't know what. I think you would have to put the baby in the crib and walk away. Yeah. And I think more people should probably do that more often. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, no one ever told me that standing up for myself during labor would be so dang hard. Oh, preach. Yeah. Another whole podcast topic. Right? I mean, I... <sighs> I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. Uh, That's why you hire us. Yeah. We will stand up for you. Because you know what? No one should have to be fighting for themselves while they're doing the marathon event that is birth. You should be in your own... Uninterrupted oxytocin. Bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Like eyes closed, moaning, rocking your lion power. Yeah. You know, music in your ears and loving the support and the touch that you're getting from your partner. Um. And really fighting for what you desire in birth is just such an oxytocin killer. Mm-hmm. Such a love drug killer. It is a love drug killer. And then we wonder why people don't quote unquote progress. Mm. Shit. Mm. Nursing strikes and how to fix them. Yeah, they're a thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like nursing strikes are often a mindset thing. Like sometimes I have a couple days where I'm not super hungry. Yeah, I never have those days. <laughs> <laughs> I have days where I'm hungrier. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes there's something physiological going on. Sometimes You're pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then your baby's like, your milk's disgusting. Yeah. I don't want that for a few days. Yeah, and so then you, what, you pump and you keep trying to offer. Usually I feel like Walker. nursing strikes happen at a time where your supply is pretty established. Mm-hmm. So do not panic. And just walk around with your top off. At yeah. some point, they're going to be like, yeah, I want that boob. I feel like the answer for everything is get into bed with your baby for 24 hours. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that the nausea was going to be 24-7. Oh, so I think it's 1 in 10 people have nausea for their entire pregnancy. Yeah. That's garbage. And I, f- I have a friend who has had that for both her pregnancies and I think would like a third child, but is like, how do I do another year of sickness? It's almost a year. Nine months of being sick while you have two other kids is like impossible. I was talking to a client the other day about how maybe we don't need 18 months maternity leave. Maybe we should have six months of pregnancy leave and 12 months of maternity leave so that you don't have to go to work in that state if you don't like, let it be flexible. So what happens now? If you're sick, you get sick leave. If you have a job that has sick leave, I guess. Oh, I see. So like, our, I But people are starting their mat leave early, aren't they? Some people do, yeah. But I think that they usually go on, like, a disability of some sort. Gotcha. Or, yeah. Yeah. It should be part of the mat leave. And what's the what's the drug now for... Diclectin? Diclectin. Is that... Is it diclectin or is that the one that got taken off the market? Oh, I don't know. What's the... Because there was the one that I remember my mom got um, prescribed and then she didn't take it. And then she was so glad. No, I think diclectin is still. Okay, so it's not that one. No. Thalidomide. Thalidomide is the one. 
the... Didn't that cause birth defects? Yes, yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's the one I think yeah. of. Yeah. So, no, diclectin, like, it, how long has that been on the market? Do people feel good about taking that one? I think so. Yeah. I think people are really happy. They try to power through it, and then when they start taking it, they're like, why did I not yeah. do this sooner? Oh, uh, I feel like, just take that. Take that. Yeah. There can't be any bad effects. Well, I mean, how many years? That's why I'm asking. Like, thalidomide was 30 years on the market. Oh. How long is... I don't know. Let's do some research right. about it. Let's Not do right the next now. question. And okay, you're going to be researching. How long you can bleed afterwards? I bled for almost two months. You... Oh, that person. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying... No, that. not me. I don't remember. Whoa. That was eons ago. Yeah, I don't actually remember how long I did either. You could bleed... There's people who bleed for, like... One I'm, to... One week? One I thought week. people bleeding for one week. And then people, yeah, I yeah. guess two months does sound long That's to long. me. long. I think we usually say um, three weeks... Uh, we say three to six weeks, I think, is mm. what it says in our manual. Um, Two months would tell me you need to rest more. Yeah. To me, that sounds like you should probably get checked out because you might have some retained placenta. Yeah, that could be. Because I feel like your uterus should be closed and healed up. By yeah. Um, that breastfeeding would be hard. Yeah. I mean, it's normal. It's, sorry, it's natural. It's the way, you know, when we say it's a the physiological norm for feeding infants, humans feeding human babies, but it's also a brand new skill. I I mean, but then I look at like a little calf or like a little animal and I'm like, why do they just latch on so easily? And I feel like some people Dicks. have great breastfeeding success who are able to have, you know, skin to skin when we watch home births where people are having um, like, that skin, immediate skin to skin, and the baby does the breast crawl, and they latch themselves on their own. Um, like, I would say breastfeeding was terrible for me with Nolan Riley. It was so hard. I had so much support, so much help come over. I had, you know, hours and hours of breastfeeding support. And with Jacob, it was just like, whoop. And he even had a tongue tie, lip tie. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't hurting me. I got it done, revised when he was six weeks old just because he was so gassy. But I had no nipple pain. I had, like... And I feel like that was just a, as a result of, like, a smoother birth going into breastfeeding. Yeah, that could be. Um, okay, I'm going to group these few together just as, like, an FYI. Symptoms that happen. So in the first trimester... Oh, a cold in the last trimester can be a symptom of pregnancy. Did you know that? Say it again. A cold, getting a cold in the last trimester can be a, just a pregnancy thing. What does that mean? Like, if you get a cold... It's a pregnancy thing? Yeah. Like, it's a symptom of pregnancy. It's like a third trimester thing. I don't understand. <laughs> like, in your third trimester... You get a cold and that's a pregnancy symptom? Yeah. So you're saying it's not a virus? You got a cold that... Yeah. And I'm not sure what this person's definition of a cold might be. Like, if they're saying they're You're having... getting... Like, your mucous membranes, I feel like, the whole time Yeah, are... your progesterone's high. Yeah. So you're going to have... And your immune system's down. Down, a little bit, isn't up, it? Up, Compromised. Up. It's up. It's higher. It's better. I thought so, cause so that you don't abort your baby. Oh, okay. But I don't actually know that. But yeah, when you're saying about progesterone, your mucous membranes are all full, which mm-hmm. is why you have so much discharge, why you have so much nasal drip, why you're snoring, why everything's inflamed and yeah. puffy. We're going to have to look into this cold So thing. maybe I would just like to clarify with that person what they mean by a yeah. cold. We'll add it in the show to notes. To me, I feel like a cold is, is a... A virus. Hot to cold. Yeah, it's a cold. Unless they're just meaning like... Yeah, nasal shedding, which some people would say is seasonal. Um, the heightened sense of smell. Yeah. Yeah. What so were bad. Your, uh, what were your aversions? Coffee. Yeah, me too. Meat. 
people's body odor. Oh, yeah. Um, How did you feel about bacon? Bacon, I don't know. I don't remember having feelings about bacon. I remember my discharge smelled different, and that was often one of my first signs that I was pregnant. Hmm. I remember the coffee once Brandon got a Tim Hortons coffee in the van, and I was like, either you're going to have to get out of the van and drink that, (laughs) or you're going to have to get rid of it. So he just threw it out. He's not happy. But I'm like, I will barf. I will barf. Night sweats. Oh, I wonder when they mean. If they yeah. mean like night sweats right after you have the baby. Yes, or I think that's what they yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah, you're sweating out all of that extra subcutaneous fluid that you had that you don't need anymore in your pregnancy. I mean, did you ever need it? But yeah, I remember soaking the sheets. So soaked. Three nights in a row after Nolan Riley, just like pounds and pounds of fluid. And don't off. Google it because you'll think you have cancer. Oh, you'll think and you're it's dying. just postpartum. Yeah, just keep drinking lots of water and peeing and sweating. That sometimes the placenta doesn't come out and they have to go in after it. Yeah, that's an unfortunate complication. Yeah. That's one of the parts you may wish you were medicated for. Fair enough. Yeah. I've seen it done unmedicated. Not fun. Not good. No. That can happen. How can we avoid that? Uh, I mean, baby on skin to skin right away and um, breastfeeding is going to help with that oxytocin flow from nipple stimulation, and that helps your body release the placenta. Um yeah, and I, I think synthetically you've got Pitocin, so that's mm-hmm. why that's a given sometimes. But I think sometimes the placenta comes out. I, I I feel like intuitively, I feel like there's, I don't know if there's research to support this, but the way that birth providers yank on placentas, yeah, I just feel like, how, how is this a good idea? And how, what if a part is not ready to come off the wall yet and just stays and now it tears? Yeah, like you don't have to yank a baby out. Yeah, it's just a whole lack of trust in the body to work. And I get it. Once you've gone down the medical process, once you've induced, once you've done your epidural, once you've mm-hmm. put IVs in, once you've given all kinds of drugs, how physiological is your birth anymore? So right. why would you trust anything mm-hmm. at that point? Why would you trust the placenta to come out on its own? You wouldn't. But if you're going down the path of physiological birth, it seems inhumane to yank out a placenta after everything went okay and the baby came out on its own. Yeah. These things are all so heavy. How alone I would feel while surrounded by people who want to hold the baby. Yeah. That one sucks. It does suck. I do remember being at a, a shower for a friend. They're engaged and someone else holding my baby and I just wanted to be snuggling him. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, eh? Like you're when you're pregnant, you're all glowy and beautiful and everyone's looking at you and surrounding you at your shower and then you have the baby and everyone's like, Oh, do you, are you sure there's not another baby in there? You look kinda of, is that gonna go down? Oh, you look tired. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah. And then oh let me hold your cute baby and uh, yeah, I even notice it like um, you know, in mom and baby groups, it's like Everyone turns and focuses and orients to the baby, like looking at the baby when it's like, okay, look at the baby for 25% of the time, but 75% of the time, look at the mom and ask her how she's doing. Totally. she's taking care of herself and the baby. Yeah. And the baby can't have a conversation with you. Yeah. We're, as we say all the time, we're in this for the moms. Yeah, we are in this for the moms. 
All right, that was most of them. A lot of them were all very similar. A lot of people talking about the poop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, that was fun. That was fun. That was a good little informative quickie for people. Let's go to the gym. All right. We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show, you can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.